audience, thank you for coming. Please, take a seat. Master will be with you shortly. And please, enjoy the all-October Halloween. Good evening, everybody. You're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. And this evening, we are kicking off our all-October Halloween with... What are we doing? Urban Legends. Or Herban Legends. Or... I, I don't know, or Herbin Laden's. I have no idea. Anyways, so I haven't looked into these a lot just so that I can play the point of the, hey, I didn't know this one yet. Now, everybody's heard the urban legends that you would hear in the camps and all that kind of stuff, and we might get a couple of those tonight. Um, but yeah, that's essentially what we're talking about, the stories you hear from your friends and and other ones that, you know, may have started off being wives' tales at some point and became something bigger. So, anyways, uh, I think Sarah's got a funny one for us to start with. So, hey, did you hear about this? I, no, I don't think so. My brother's best friend's sister knew a girl at school who got caught masturbating with a frozen hot dog. Are you serious? No way, that never happened. No. Yeah, it's true. Do you know what happened? I have no idea. That hot dog broke off in half and got stuck in her vagina. Oh my god! Holy! So that is an example of an urban legend. I'm sure we've all heard it at some point in our life. Okay. Or a variation so, of it. That one, to me, would be closer to like one of those rumors that you would tell around high school to degrade someone's thing. We had one like it. Uh, ours was... Hey, yeah, did you hear about so-and-so? I'm not putting the person's name in. You can't make me. No, what? Yeah, I heard he had sex with his sister. What? Yeah, and he couldn't find a condom, so he just used a garbage bag. It's like, what? He <laughs> fucked his sister with a garbage bag? Yeah, man, that's what I heard. You know, that, that's what that reminds me of. Those things you used in high school to and, make someone sound like trash. And it kind of is, but it started as an urban legend. Well, it started as a rumor which merged into an urban legend. One of those ones that kind of warns you, like, oh, maybe you shouldn't masturbate with random shit. Especially if you're a girl. Because some, sometimes it was a carrot. Sometimes it was something else. But every time it broke off inside of her vagina. So it was like kind a of, cucumber? Like, yeah. like So it was like a a, a warning to women who were sexually active or promiscuous or just horny in general, not to do certain things. It was like, don't masturbate. Because back in those days or back in a certain time, it was considered a sin to do that. For guys, it's always been like, if you masturbate, you'll get hairy hands all the time. And and those are urban legends. You'll poke your eye out. See, urban legends, the big thing with them is that they're a type of folklore, but it's one that is passed off as true. And it's, they're almost always until recently, they're verbal. So they're a story that passes almost like a giant game of telephone. And you, they are passed on from people to people. Um, they often happen to a friend of a friend or a relative's cousin or no one that you can really track down who the odd time you will get a name. Uh, but they are, they're ones that you can't prove and you can't disprove them. They're what's considered unfalsifiable. You don't know either way. And that's the big thing with urban legends. Uh, they've 
been circulating for so long that many are now accepted as fact. I mean, our parents heard them. Our grandparents heard them. We heard them. Our children have heard them. Now, we got to distinguish between urban legends and wives' tales. Well, see, there's a difference. Wives' tales are actually classified as urban legends. Urban legends involve, they're very hard to distinguish between folklore, myth, urban legend, conspiracy theory, wives' tales. They actually all congregate. The urban legend part is the fact that it is a story that is passed around people in a larger setting. So things such as um, Bigfoot are actually considered urban legends. Bigfoot, Mothman, the Bell Witch, those are old urban legends. Vampires, witches. Yeah, those those are often, con- those fall under I the mean, classification. Like, like the witches that they thought they were hunting. Yes. You know what oh, I you mean? you mean like pointy hats, brooms, yeah. pointy hats, bubbling, shoot blah, magical blah, blah. sparkly things at your face and turned you into a frog. Like double, 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 yeah, trouble. Yeah. yeah, real hocus pocus stuff. So, by the way, this evening I'm joined by Colleen, Sarah, and Greg. The the urban legends can actually be classified into like three different groups. There's the old ones, kind of the myths that we've all learned. So, the Bigfoot, um, uh, Bell Witch, vampires. Those are the old urban legends. Those has existed for a couple centuries. Then there's the suburban ones. These ones came about mainly in post-war America when suburban crawl happened. And all of a sudden, you had huge amounts of people living in a small area. Then the newest ones actually have been post-internet. The internet created a completely different type of urban legend because the main, how they always spread was by verbal. We talked to them. We didn't write them down. Now the new ones, the internet ones, are written down first, and then they go into verbal folklore, and that's how they end up progressing. Now a lot of them have turned into more of a creepy pasta as well, right? Some of them have gone down that direction, and well, for example, when we did the uh, podcast about SCP. Well, actually, it's the other way around. The creepy pastas turn into urban legends, so. The Slender Man was originally a creepy pasta, which became an urban legend. It was said so often, people started to believe it. Same thing with Jeff the Killer, the SCP, those we, things. We actually have a special one coming up later, so uh, not in this podcast, but later this month, I think we have a, a special one. Yeah. yeah. The, the other big thing, how to distinguish an urban... I, I wouldn't say distinguish, no, but it is a very big key point. They often are a lesson or a warning, mainly towards people who are considered vulnerable, children and women. So the majority of them are, like what Sarah said, it was a warning to the promiscuous girls or girls that were horny. Don't put anything up there. So Krampus would be an urban legend. Yes, Krampus is actually classified as an urban legend. Yeah. But they they are all very much warnings, kind of like, oh, don't do this or this is going to happen. What are some of your favorite urban legends that you like? Oh, I've actually gotten really big on some of the internet ones because they're a lot more deep dived. uh, And there's a lot of, you know, people start adding to them and then they grow. I also am fascinated by the ones that we've also seen come out, which are there's been a movie, a horror movie. And then from that, an urban legend was created. I get fascinated by the word of mouth of it and how they change. And everybody hears it 
gets a little bit different. So with the old urban legends, you often have different versions of them because each area will add a little unique spin. The movie that you're talking about, is it the Jeepers Creepers one? That one did get turned into an urban legend. The big one actually was Candyman. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That was the big one. Yeah. So Candyman originated, like I just did brief research on this, so I might, I didn't write it down. So it was originated from a Clive Barker, like short story called The Forbidden, which focused on um, like the low projects in Liverpool, England. And then eventually when the movie maker wanted to make it into a movie, he changed it to the like the projects of Chicago and he just changed it a little bit. But then after that, by saying his name five times in the mirror, you're invoking this, this candy man. And in process you have, he brought in like the, even the filmmaker brought in the whole bee thing, like the bees coming out of his mouth and attacking you and all this stuff. But what he did is that he turned it into like a weird kind of love story, kind of like Phantom of the Opera esque kind of thing where it's like, you kind of, had a super villain or an anti-hero in a weird way but actually he's killing kids and he's like using the using the his power for evil so yeah it it was born originally out of a book by clive barker but then it went into the movie the film genre in the early 90s i believe and then after that movie came out all of a sudden the it became an actual urban legend it's not an original urban legend it is one born out of media oh okay well that's kind of neat i never realized that i mean i mean i kind of figured it was an urban legend just because of how it was how i saw the trailers and heard about it and everything I think but they're re-releasing a new i think yeah. they're making a new one re-releasing it so it yeah. probably will be even gorier than the one in the 90s i think it already happened to be honest i think Has it? yeah I, I remember seeing something about it. maybe it hasn't come out yet but i know they was it maybe they are working Tony still working Todd? on it who did it all I know is that whoever played him in the original one with Virginia Madsen, I think it was Tony Todd. He was amazing. He's got that voice that just kind of encapsulates you and makes you stop and listen. So, yeah, I think that was it. So, yeah. It was also really easy for it to go into people's subconscious and for it to become an urban legend because it <laughs> played off of the old Bloody Mary tale. <laughs> the one that we'd all grown up with. You look into the mirror and... And say it three times and who knows what will happen. It was almost like an extension of that. So people who believe Bloody Mary were also able to believe Candyman. And after a while, it got forgotten that it started as a movie. And they just figured the movie was based off of the urban legend. And that's what got fun with that one. Yeah, I could see that happening because people just forget, <laughs> right? And they just... Re and they realize, wait a second, this is how it didn't start out that way. Yeah. You know? And human memory is weird. We We mix and meld things together and we forget timelines so these things are very easy to happen so what do you have any uh other stories for us oh yeah yeah so there is this tunnel located on the outskirts of niagara falls ontario it's called the screaming tunnel it's a 125 foot long tunnel beneath a railroad and apparently in the early 1900s there was a nearby farmhouse which caught on fire and a younger woman or teenager girl teenage girl or something came running out her nightgown was just completely ablaze and she was suffering from horrible burns and she staggered into this tunnel wailing in intense pain and fear and then she died so apparently it is said that if you go into this tunnel at midnight and you light a wooden match something will blow it out and then you will hear this blood curdling scream 
like just reverberate through the tunnel. So that would be that's that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yeah, well, we got lots of different things. Yeah. different things, different things that classifies early See, legends. Like with one. wives' tales, like if you chew bubble gum, it'll be in your stomach for seven years and stuff like that. That's that has been proven to be not true. That one's too simplistic on that one for really yeah. to really classify as an urban legend. It would have to be a story that you tell as, <laughs> did you hear about Johnny? Oh, he was the the cousin of my best friend's sister, and he he kept eating bubblegum. Then it becomes more of an urban legend. But when it's just the little short blurb, they don't really classify, I don't think. I remember like early, early um, school years, you know, the primary years. And the uh, Super Nintendo and things like that are coming out. And they're like, oh, did you hear about the secret character? If you beat this guy and then this guy, you never hit the ground and all this kind of stuff. And, like, it didn't matter which variation or which game that they were telling you about. Some of them were like, really? Is that true? Like, I had one of my cousins. He's like, yeah, I hear if you beat Mario all the way to the end money actually comes out of the system to pay you back for your game purchase. And I'm like, what? You think that's no bad? No way. How about trying to be hoodwinked by your own father? Playing Super Mario 1? You know the fish board where the flying fish are coming at you? I'm like, what, is it 2-3 or 2-something? Or 3-3? Three, three? He said if you jump down the hole at the 6th one, you'll go into Super Mario Brothers 3, which wasn't even released yet. Do you know how many freaking times I jumped down that hole trying to get to Super Mario 3? <laughs> So, yes. Yeah, yeah. He got you with that one. There are (coughs) lots of urban legends about uh, games, movies, you name it. Now, I think we've mainly touched on the scary ones, but there are lots of ones like that out there. Okay, so. More. uh, I was just going to say, if you want to stick with the horror or something like that, I mean, like the Scream movies are probably a little based on urban legends, too, right? Yeah. I think we'll touch on that one. Yeah. So. Um, so there was also one, it's a Virginian urban legend that started in 1904 called the Bunny Man. And it was the residents in Fairfax County near Colchester Road had this asylum shut down and all the inmates were being moved at night in a bus when the bus crashed. But all inmates except for one named Douglas Griffin was on the loose or was found. So he was on the loose. So Griffin survived in the forest eating bunnies and littered bunny carcasses were all found all over the woods. And one Halloween night, a bunch of kids were hanging around this bridge on Colchester Road. Something horrible happened. All the kids were found strung up just like those bunnies and were gutted. It's said that if you go to the bridge on Halloween at midnight, you'll end up just like those bunnies and those kids. So many stories like this have been born out of this urban legend in different ways. One of, the, one of which is kids being chased by a man in a bunny suit wielding a hatchet through the woods. This is why I find those stupid bunny suits that men wear totally creepy well and i wonder how much of that played into the movie donnie darko i I can't answer that i i don't know how many of you guys have seen it but like that one's even just tricky just to comprehend urban legends play (coughs) off of some of our deepest fears so it's very easy that they appear in movies they they're so easy to recreate their common fears that we have and because they are also so vague and because the details of them often change, it's very easy for movie makers to use them. And they don't have to give credit because there's not an original writer. There's nobody who has a copyright on it or anything. So they're great for movie makers to use. The So you did 
Bunny Man. One of one of my favorites was actually always Bloody Mary. And so with Bloody Mary, you are supposed to go into a dark bathroom and turn off you turn off all the lights and you stand in front of the mirror and then you chant Bloody Mary three times while looking in the mirror. <laughs> Sometimes they say you're supposed to spin around clockwise or anti-clockwise each time you say it. And then so you spin around when you're facing the mirror, you say it, spin around again, say it again. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. <laughs> but I'm not looking at a mirror. I love this. And then what will happen is after your third one, you will see the image of Bloody Mary in the mirror. And it's a woman who died tragically and horrible and she's all bloody and wrecked up and you name it. And you scream and you run out. I actually remember doing that. I think I was about eight years old with my friends and we all did Bloody Mary. And I swear to God, I saw her in the mirror. If I'm not mistaken, the original version was based around Queen Mary. That and is one of the she ideas. she would show up in the mirror and lop your head off with an axe. Yeah. Yeah. That's so one of the versions. That, yeah. That was another. That was probably a more earlier version than just the girl who's completely dripped, right? Yeah. I could never get past <coughs> the second Bloody Mary. I, I'm such a chicken shit. Me too. I wouldn't be able to do that either. I was always scared of horror stuff when I was a kid. So doing something like that, I probably would maybe say it once. Maybe twice, but the third time I'd be like, nope, 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 nope. That's it. See, and that's where I, when I look back at it, and I I really do remember seeing this horrible reflection screaming and running out. But I was with probably a group of six or seven friends. So there was a lot of peer pressure that we had to do this. So I often wonder, did I actually see something? Or there's the fact that this is a dark room. You are void of a lot of stimulus. Your brain is going to make stuff up. You're already thinking you're going to see something. You're already looking in the mirror at a face. Yes. So what if what you see is more just your brain adding to the images? Because if your brain doesn't get enough stimulus, it will start to make up stuff. The other thing is, is the peer pressure aspect that, you know, one girl had gone in and she saw something. So, I mean, you had to see something. If you didn't see something, there was something wrong with you. But. I loved Bloody Mary. That one, I probably did it a bunch of times. I thought it was so fun. I loved it. I, I, I think weird. that was the whole uh, thing behind saying Beetlejuice's name three times. To get it to stop squeaking, you have to lift, lift it a bit. But I figured the squeaking kind of adds to the Halloween. Ooh, squeaky. Yeah, I think it, think it does. And I think the reason I can never get past it is just because it was like, nope. But I can assure everybody that Colleen still has her head. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it wasn't the queen version, so she got the. <laughs> Thanks, oh, you're burn, love you. I know. Yeah. Oh, wowie. So I have one that is actually personal to both Colleen and I. Oh, neat. Yeah, so this one we attended a school in Grimsby called Park Elementary, and there was this urban legend circulating that the school, which is over a century old, was built over top of an ancient native burial ground. Oh, yours too. Oh, so this is a common one. I just told everybody who's in a small school. But we had the extra of the fact that in this city, there actually were numerous native burial grounds that had been found. So it wasn't out of character for it. Right. So it wasn't a big school. It only went up to grade six, but it was an awesome school and I loved it. It was a great place, but it was also haunted, allegedly. Don't come for me. Literally, don't come for me. <laughs> um, you never wanted to be alone in the change rooms. They were a narrow room in the basement where the gym was. 
creepy feelings like you were always being watched, but they had no windows. Oh, I freaking hated them. We all hated them. And I heard that this one student had her hair pulled. I don't know if that was before we got there, if that became an urban legend on its own. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Okay, so when you finished grade six, the principal or the teacher would take you up into the attic, which was kind of like a rite of passage kind of thing. And it was supposedly one of the most haunted places in the school, but I think the change rooms win. Um, And in the grade six class, we get to sign a beam or the wall, you know, like, hey, class of 92, Sarah, whatever my last name was at the time, because, you know, I had a different last name. And then you would, like, weird shit would start happening. And Colleen and I were discussing this last night because we were kind of going down memory lane with all the stuff that happened at our school. And balls would all of a sudden just start bouncing or being thrown at you. And what was it that you said that you think it was something? What? So the story my class was told, I'm about two years ahead of Sarah. And we were told that the ghosts like to steal tennis balls and take them up to the attic. So when we went up there, there were a whole bunch of balls and we were allowed to take one and, and we'd all write our names on it. But as we're doing it, all of a sudden, a ball goes flying across the room and starts bouncing. And, I mean, freaked us all out at the time. I think I, I, I think – oh, we did. Oh, Our class did. Yeah. Ours did. Um, but it, I really think a teacher was probably standing in the corner and threw the ball. I mean, really. <laughs> but it was a good urban legend. Like, it, it gave us, like, a, a local fl- folklore in Grimsby about this. And we had so much – it was fun to believe it. Even if it was not real – it was so much fun to believe it. And I hope, I don't even know if they still do any of this, but I really hope that those stories are still circulating around that school because it made the school unique. And I think it, I think it gave it a character. You know, it's one of the oldest schools in the town, if not the oldest, because I think it was actually the first bottom part of it was built in like 1875 or something yeah. like that. I looked it up and I can't remember. I didn't write it down. And it, it was crazy. Like it's always been a school, but in 1904 it became what it is. And that's what I mean. Like, it's over a century old. And it was supposed to get closed down, but because it's classified now as a historical school, it's still being run as a school. See, ours was classified as a historical school, but then it also got classified as severely unsafe. Ah. Because the, everything was going, the, the main footings, everything. But ours was a little bit different. So, yes, it was a native burial ground, but it was a man who was being attacked by the natives or something. And he sank into some quicksand with his horse, kind of like never-ending story style. <laughs> and because, you know, he had to sit there and the natives caught up to him or whatever, uh, he, he died in the quicksand. So anytime you were in the cafeteria area, that was supposed to be the newest area, which actually covered the pit of the quicksand. And then it would cause unnecessary violence amongst uh, teenagers. <laughs> And the first year and only year that my generation was there because they tore down the school the next year. Um, So you know how you have a a glass window and then sometimes there's like metal frame and then another glass window just to make it strong? Yeah. um, One of my friends went through that. (laughs) So, yeah, the extra violence can confirm, like, he he was not well after that because it was two panes of glass and metal mesh. Ooh. And he went through it. Yikes. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Extra violence, yeah. I also, on that same property, uh, the grossest thing I've ever seen, like, close up, was one guy had broken his arm. I can't remember how, 
but he was having gripe with another guy and they were like, you know, getting really pissed off at each other. And, you know, they had scheduled a fight and one guy was, you know, not wanting to go ahead with it or whatever. And, uh, I'm standing out front. I'm about to leave. And the guy who uh, had broken his arm, he still got his cast on and he walks up and he literally spun the guy around by his shoulder and cracked him with the fucking cast. Ooh. He, oh my God, I've never seen anybody fold faster. He pretty much just got hit with a brick Yikes. to the face after being just like spun around and then dinged. And I'm like, wow, that was disgusting. Just because of how, like, when it comes to cheap shots, that's one thing. When it comes to cheap shots while you're wearing a freaking thing of concrete on your fist, that's something else. <coughs> but, Yeah. Extra violent. I don't know why it was. It was extra violent. <laughs> so, one that I, 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 like, that's crazy. The um, one that I love, which is one of the internet ones that came out. And it originated in Korea or Japan. And it first started, I don't know when it exactly came out, but stories started to appear, appearing about its results in around 2011. And I don't know, has anybody heard of the elevator game? I think it's, I've seen it on a show. There's a, a movie, I guess, coming out about it or already out. I don't know. I'm just, I think I saw like, it's, they kind of like go, they press like buttons and it yes. takes them to like different floors, but it's not the, there's something in between them or something yes. like that. So it's one of the new internet ones. And the cool thing about it is, is it's actually a step-by-step instruction. Yes. Oh, I remember where I saw it. It was on yeah. Evil. Okay. Yes. So you start with, you need to find a high-rise building that is at least 10 floors tall. Go to the elevator. You and any friends enter the elevator. If anyone gets on or off at this point, you must restart the game. Now, you must ride the elevator using a specific sequence of keys. Up to the fourth floor, down to the second, back up to the sixth, down again to the second, now up to the 10th, and lastly, down to the 5th. Make sure not to get off at any floor. When you're at the 5th floor, a mysterious woman might get on. Do not look at her or interact in any way. Could lead to the possibility of you being trapped forever. She might ask you a question when you get to your end destination, but do not answer her. Now, after the 5th, push the button to descend to the 1st floor. And then here is where you can get the fun starting. The elevator might actually take you to the first floor. <laughs> the elevator might take you to the first floor. If it does, exit immediately. Do not look back and do not talk to anyone. But if the elevator instead starts to go up, congratulations, you have made it and you will be allowed to enter another world. Now, the reports of this other world are really creepy. And they say it's very dark with very little light, and it's like the power is shut off. The place is deserted. It may seem very different from our own world. There are many reports that if you look out a window, the only thing that you will see is a bright red cross. So now you want to come back home, right? So you must get on the same elevator that you came up on. Might be a problem to find, but keep searching. You will find it. Use the same sequence of floors that you did to get up to get back down. When you reach the fifth floor, press the button for the first. If it starts to go up again, 
quickly press the button for any other floor before you reach the 10th. You do not want to let it get to the 10th. When you get to the first floor, before you leave the elevator, look around and make sure that everything is the way it should be. That is the way it was when you left. If it is, you can now leave the elevator and your ride is over. If you don't check, you might end up leaving and still be in another world, never to get back again. That one I always thought was so cool, but it really gained popularity in 2013 after an unfortunate incident in, I believe it was LA at the Hotel Cecil with Eliza Lamb. That really caused that to really gain popularity because of the videos of Eliza Lamb on the elevator. People were like, was she playing the elevator game? So it really blew off. I've never done it. I have no desire to do it. Uh, <laughs> but I think we should do it as a group no. and just see what happens. <laughs> Can we do it at the condo? I work at a high rise. No. I'm never getting on the elevator again. I'm taking the stairs from now on. So fuck that. I'm out. <laughs> I only have eight floors at mine, so I can't. I, I'm sure if I had ten, I probably would try it. <laughs> I'm going to see Colleen and Greg enter my lobby one night, and I'm going to be like, no. No. So, let's soften things up a little bit. That one was good. I like that, that one. That one was good. It literally freaked me out. I'm sitting here going, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah. Glad I got you. <clears throat> so, ever hear of sewer gators? Wow. Yeah. So, sewer gators is a, an urban legend that takes storm in a lot of many metropolis-like cities. But, apparently... So people would flush their pet alligators who would all suddenly get too big. And in New York City, I guess, apparently has the largest habitat of sewer gators, allegedly. Um, and they also apparently have snapping turtles, too. So, um, But I heard this when I was like three, maybe four years of age. And it was either my brother or my cousins. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was all three. Um, who told me that she told me this story and that they also lived in the weird dark corner of the laundry room at my grandma Dorothy's apartment building. <laughs> so whenever she was doing laundry, I would refuse to go with her and it's expanded into my adult life. I have a fear of laundry rooms and apartment buildings. And when we lived in an apartment building, the laundry room was in the basement and that did not help things. And I never said anything to Matt because I didn't want him to think I was fucking out of my mind, right? I had to go down to do laundry a few times. He he did laundry quite a bit too. But there was always like these weird doorways. I'm like I kept thinking there's alligators behind those fucking doorways. <laughs> and one day I'm gonna be walking past one and it's gonna come out through the door and eat me. And I'm like, no, I'm not walking down that hallway. I'd get into the freaking laundry room and I would put my feet up. Not that they were gonna not get me that way, but yeah. Damn fucking sewer gators. Weren't you worried more about them coming up the toilet or something like oh, that? Oh, no. <laughs> That's yeah. what I always heard. Like, Don't like... mention toilet and animals because I'm so afraid of snakes coming up my toilet. Yeah, that's the Thank number you, one thing. Thank you, Australia, for that. Yeah. Because they used to have clips on their toilets. Yeah, to lots keep... of people used to put, like, like whatever down the toilet, right? Rats, and they, snakes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they used to come up the toilets. If you t I've seen it. Like, I've seen it on TV. Like, a lot. Like, that's not, yeah, that's not even But not here. Legend. Like, not here, but yeah. But still, you're... you're. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be looking tonight. I'm going to be peeing with the light on tonight because normally <laughs> I don't pee with the light on in the middle of the night. I'm still trying to process that one with the elevator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and you see, the interesting thing about some of these urban legends is some have actually turned out to be true. Where the fascinating part is most of the true stuff has happened long after the urban legend was created. 
uh, one of the big ones that has happened is, is there's an urban legend about somebody finding a body in their bed at a hotel. And that urban legend has been around for like since the 40s. But the last couple decades, there have actually been bodies found in <laughs> hotel rooms in the bed. So it's almost like life is imitating story. And there's been numerous ones like that where, yeah. <laughs> life is weird that way. Some people say we make our reality through our conscious thought and stuff like that. Well, Not to get deep with everybody, but like it, it is another one of those conspiracy theories that like everything in our world is consciously thought up. And if it's thought up hard enough, it becomes reality. Well, the other thing is, is that if a killer needed something to do and they remember, oh, I heard this story about this happening. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Humans are, are weird. And I guess some of these urban legends are probably born from serial killer lore before serial killers had a name. But yeah. So how about this one? This Japanese urban legend dates all the way back to the 17th and 19th centuries. Okay, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's Kuchisaka Ona, <clears throat> or the slit-mouthed woman, who was a beautiful but malicious spirit. She'd wear a mask over the entire bottom of her face. And she would stop people and ask them if they think she's beautiful. And if they answered no, she'd either kill them right there on the spot with her large knife or pair of scissors, or she'd kill them when they're sleeping. If they answered yes, she would remove her face mask and then ask them again, revealing that she had been <coughs> slit from corner of her mouth to her ear on each side. And then she'd ask, do you think I'm beautiful? If they answered no, she'd kill them. If they answered yes but hesitated, she would slit them from each corner of their mouth to each ear to look just like her. You don't want to mess with her. No. Oh, the Japanese have some pretty good urban legends. Well, it, a lot of it is all based around their yokai and, and other such um, uh, spirits. Spirit, uh, that's the best thing I can give to it. Yeah. <coughs> you know, they have a lot of malevolent ones. There seems to also be a trend in different countries that I came across with a lot of countries having spirits that haunt girls' bathrooms at schools. Yeah. <laughs> Africa, Africa had one. Japan had one. China had one. It's like- Harry Potter has one. I know. There's something about these spirits in the girls' bathroom. I, I don't understand it, but hey, to each their own. Every culture has their own ones. Herbs. <laughs> There's one in Niagara on the Lake at the Angels Inn. Ooh, tell us. Well, it's there's a ghost there, and it's the Angels Inn is haunted, and it's a general, and he walks down in the washrooms, and he goes into like the women's washroom all the time, and they you can hear him like clicking with his boots and everything, and boots. Yeah, <laughs> but he like sometimes you could see him in the mirror and stuff like that. If you're lucky. That's might be an urban legend, but it's a that, ghost story too. That's an, a lot of these are so are ghost stories. They all kind of cross the boundaries. Well, we can't forget about, you know, the teenage couple and they find the hook on the door. Wait, wait, oh, wait, we're, oh, we're, we're still getting, getting there. there. Okay. We well, <laughs> we'll get into it then because we're at 35 minutes. Okay, let's see. We were talking about how serial killers and what they do. There's a pretty famous one called Cropsy, and it's from Staten Island. I won't go into the whole story. You know, it's 
the story basically is that at the school in Stanton Island, kids would go missing. Parents would warn their kids, be careful where you go at night because Cropsy will get you. The story was Cropsy was this mentally deranged man who would kidnap the kids and torture them and kill them, and you would never see them again. And so the kids were warned, don't go into the woods, don't go out. You know, the story was at the school that lots of kids had gone missing. And it was just an urban legend. And then, I just am looking for my date. <laughs> I hope I had a date here. In, 18, in 1987, the school was closed. Now, the school had also actually been accused of quite numerous schools, numerous instances of horrific abuse. So it was very good that it closed. When they closed, they found a body on the school grounds. And they did some investigation. And they eventually arrested a man named Andre Rand. And he was convicted of the kidnapping and murder of this little girl. And he was definitely mentally ill. And he was suspected of numerous other cases of it. So that was a case very sad. But how did it come about? Did the, did the parents notice kids were missing? So they warned and they didn't realize who it was? So with Cropsy, you've got the very real intersection of reality and story. The story came first, but the reality happened later, but it could have all been together. Wow. You're good at telling these. So this one goes off of what Matt was saying about the hook. It's very yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Give her. So this one is extremely familiar. It's probably one of the most popular urban legends, and it has so many different variations. But the warning remains the same. Sex before marriage can be very deadly. So these two young lovers would go for a drive, either up to Lover's Lane or just driving, and they run out of gas. So the teenage boy gets out, leaves his girlfriend behind to go get some gas. And she waits. She waits. But he never returns. <coughs> Next thing she knows, the police are there and taking her out of the car and telling her, don't turn around. But of course, she turns around. What does she see? Her boyfriend hanging from the tree branch right above their car eviscerated. Now she knows what that tap, tap, tap sound was on top of the roof, which she just thought maybe was some sap. Or some rain, or some right. evening dew. But it was his blood slowly dripping on the metal roof of their car. Don't have sex before marriage, kids. Some of these you might recognize from a bunch of 90s movies, like the Scream movies. The Urban Legend movie. The, the <laughs> Urban Legend movie, the I Know What You Did Last Summer movie, all those really played off of the Urban Legends. Like, they were huge <laughs> for it. The one which I'm sure people always remember is the babysitter. Who knows the babysitter here? Uh, everybody uh, nope. knows the babysitter. Well, I don't. Okay. Babysitter. So young girl is home. She's babysitting. Well, she's at a couple's house and she's babysitting their two kids. She tucks them into bed. Everything's good. So she goes downstairs. She gets some snacks, you know, calls a friend, has some chat. And then the phone rings. And the caller on the other line goes, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. She's like, what the hell? So she hangs up. And the phone rings again. I'll be there soon. I'll be there soon. She's like, go away. Go away. Go away. So she hangs up again. The calls keep coming. And each time he'd say things, he'd say things to her like, where are the kids? What are you doing? I'm going to come get you. You're dead. 
I'm, and then the last one, I'm already there. Well, she is freaked out beyond belief now. And so she calls the police and she's like, I've been getting these calls. Can you find out who's doing them? Police says, yeah, of course. We're gonna, we'll check into that. A few minutes later, the phone rings. Police says, get out of the house now. She's like, what, why? It's like, we've traced the calls. They're coming from the upstairs office. So the kid runs out. Police are already there waiting for her. They come in, they search the house. And upstairs, the children are dead in their beds. And in the office, the phone is off the hook. So there's the babysitter. And that one started in about the 50s. Very big message. Young girls, watch your children. Make sure you pay attention to the wards, the people you are caring for. Don't leave them be. Creepy Mike. <laughs> Come on, that added perfectly to the sentiment. Also, you'll hear the phrase, the call is coming inside the house. That's... Yeah, I was waiting for yeah. it. It changes all the It time. changes all the time. Yeah. Same with like the one I told. The hook sometimes is found on the door handle of the car. Yeah. Inside the boyfriend hanging from the tree. Like, There's so many variations, right? Yeah. So, let's lighten the mood again. Yay! <laughs> so, do you guys remember the Life Cereal commercial? Mikey likes it! Yeah. yeah. Do you guys remember the... Rumor going around that he died because he ate Pop Rocks and Pop and his stomach exploded. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You couldn't eat. You, I d- you I couldn't have Pop Rocks and I d- Pop. I, d- I didn't know it was that guy. Like, uh, ours wasn't tagged back to the cereal guy. Yeah. But yeah. So, so for years after that, it was like, I dare you to eat Pop Rocks and then drink a Pepsi. But I'm here to tell you guys, this is the only one I'm going to be debunking. It's that Mikey is alive and well, and John Gilchrist is now about 55 years old and has a great job working in media. And yes, Pop Rocks and Pop mixed together releases a gas in the physical reaction, but it's not enough to make your stomach explode. Sorry to disappoint y'all. You'll you'll belch like crazy. Oh yeah, you'll belch like a motherfucker, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that one is good. Are you like I have a couple more? Like I have three more. What about Coke and Mentos? Will that make your stomach no. explode? But we have done that experiment in the backyard. Yeah, we did that one in the backyard. Yeah, we did, didn't we? Made a hell of a mess. Maybe that's why, that's we, why we have an ant problem. Maybe that's why we did it in the backyard. <laughs> do we got any more? We got I any have more? three more. What do you have? You have the deer man, don't you? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So. Who remembers? I think it was 2016. Everyone was terrified of clowns. You know, clowns were running all over the place with bloody knives and hatchets trying to kill people all over the place. Remember all the clowns? Yeah. Clown mania. (laughs) That's exactly it. The killer clowns from 2016. There really were, when it started, there were actually no, you could find no proof of it happening. As... The panic went on and people started talking about more. There were actually people caught videos of it. Now, the question is, are the videos real? Are they not? You know, but they really weren't able to pin anything specifically that it actually happened. No, no murders actually no, took place no. because of these clowns. It, it created a huge yeah. panic that year. Well, they were running around with like baseball bats, machetes, yeah. great big hammers, you know, things like that. But they started doing that after the urban legend started online. 
The interesting thing about that one is those actually date back to 1991 in Chicago when clowns first started appearing in Urban Legends with Homie the Clown. And I am not talking about one of the Wayans brothers. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Homie so, don't play that way. I know. Homie don't play that. Yeah. No, this one was actually in Chicago. It was a big thing. The parents were all warning their kids about Homie the Clown. Homie the Clown. Homie the Clown was was abducting children and killing them. And it was this huge thing in Chicago. They never could find any proof. You know, people said they had pictures of the van, but no proof was ever found. The interesting thing Sarah pointed out to me was that that was just a little bit before that it came out. Um, yeah, TV. Yeah. So it's interesting on that one, did media influence the homie the clown? And then years later in 2016, we were also back into the clown phase. It probably goes back to Oopsie Daisy and him being an alcoholic and people already being afraid of clowns and Oopsie Daisy in particular. Okay, Oopsie Daisy is a Canadian clown and I know for a fact he was an alcoholic because I was on his show I don't even remember him. in 1984 and he smelled like booze. But I actually think it goes back even further to John Wayne Gacy, who right. lived in Chicago and was dressed as Pogo the Clown who would visit children's hospitals. What year was that, though, John Wayne? In the early 70s. Early to mid-70s. Mm. So, so, on that one, Be close the time. little kids who had been around in the early 70s with Gacy's Pogo the Clown, 20 years later, were parents... And they were saying the homie, the clown. They, from their childhood, they might have remembered that fear of a clown. I know I do. <laughs> yeah, so that one. Yeah, I understand that because I have a clown phobia. I'm I, just wondering so. if in around 2016, when they did all the clowns and all that, there was the remake of It that came out as yeah, well, right? It probably so that, triggered it too. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. probably what happened. Yeah. 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 So Killer, Killer Clowns is definitely an urban legend. Um, but I also don't trust a man in makeup like that in floppy shoes. So no, would not coming near me. So another one warns a, another urban legend that warns against promiscuous girls is to remain virtuous. A female student would return to her dorm room after studying at the library all night, and here's her roommate, presumably having sex. What she doesn't know is that she wasn't. So she decides to leave the room dark, and in the morning she wakes up to find her roommate covered in blood with many stab rooms and nearly decapitated. And then she sees written in blood on the wall, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Young girls, don't have sex when you go off to college, because that will happen to you. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yep. So, let's go back to Japan. There's one there which creeps me out like mad. It's called Teke Teke. Teke Teke. So, this young girl gets abducted by a bunch of bullies. They tie her to a railway track. She can't get out. The train runs over her and splits her body right in half at the waist. So, okay, of course, most trains have two sets of wheels, but, you know. They... Yeah, we have to kind of suspend disbelief on mm -hmm. this a little bit, you know. Monorail. <laughs> Maybe she was tied in a very specific way and she was tilted a bit. The legs were tilted down the track and only the waist was over one rail. Who knows? Anyway, she dies. Obviously. Obviously, Yes. <laughs> Really? But But she comes she comes back. And she roams the night at night. She roams the night. And she's looking for anybody who she can hurt because she's so mad. 
So if you see her, she will come scurrying after you and she drags herself around with her hands because she's just an upper torso. If she sees you, she will catch you because this girl, she can go really fast. And takey takey is the sound of her nails as she's clamoring after you, ready to so slit you in half. She's just the upper torso? Just the upper torso. So she literally could not find her ass with both hands. Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> that kind of that reminds me a little bit of The Grudge. Have uh, you seen that one? Yep. Yeah. I, I was thinking The Ring when she climbs out of the TV. But oh, yeah. yeah. She had her bottom half. Oh, the Japanese are great at scary stories. Oh, they got some doozies. Oh, yeah. Like the, the, yeah. Well, you got another one or something? You're, oh, I have a really funny one. You're wiggling over there. Oh, this Give one's her. probably my freaking favorite. <coughs> mm. Okay, I had fun with the with alliterations in this one, okay? So, yes, I obviously, I think this one is my favorite. And, and it's an Australian urban legend brought to me by my friend who lives down there. So, there's an urban legend about a killer species of pissed off koala bears that jump down from trees onto people, lock, him, lock them in a koala clutch while they tear their faces off. For over the past 40 years, Australians, Australians have convinced U.S. soldiers and tourists that if they walk around with Vegemite, which is a yeast extract, plastered all over their face, or toothpaste behind the ears, it reduces the risk of these psycho koalas from ripping your flesh from your face with their fangs and sharp claws. Often referred to as drop bears, news of them didn't start making headlines until 1982 when a cryptic message showed up in a newspaper. The message was, Tam, beware of drop bears in the future. For sure. Totally love Clint. No one ever really figured out what this meant. But the origin of drop, bar drop bears can be traced back to the 1920s where newspapers published stories describing these aggressive asshole koalas attacking people. In 1943, parts of military training... The training for junior leaders included spot the koalas up in the trees. I'm guessing to teach these murderous marsupials to be part of their defense as kamikaze koalas. Sounds like a military initiation prank that evolved into an urban legend to fuck with U.S. soldiers and tourists for shits and giggles. I know I, for one, would have no problems doing this to some people because I would love to convince people to be on guard for the deranged dive bombing drop bears and get them to do ridiculous things to reduce the risk. And shout out to my beautiful friend in Aussie for hooking me up with this fantastic gem. I love this one. <laughs> okay. I got a, one that's kind of like that, but not really. It's not, I guess it would be kind of an urban legend. It's more of a misunderstanding. So, no offense at all to our American listeners. But, back in the day when the internet was new, we were in chat rooms and stuff like that. And me and my friend would hang out and, you know, just talk to people or we'd do a graphic card test or something like that. We were just tinkering, right? Computers were new and taking off, so you were just doing everything. Anyways, we were in this one chat room and we were talking to a guy from the States. Don't know what state. Take your pick, you know, pick your favorite state to rip on, I guess. And uh, they're like, oh, you guys are up pretty late, aren't you? It's like, yeah, yeah, we are. This is like two in the morning. It's like, yeah, um, it's our turn to stay up late because of the polar bears. Because they would break into our house and, <laughs> and drag away one of our kin. Um, we Did you say you said kin folk? Oh, yeah. Did you say kin folk or just kin? I, I don't know. It was a long, long, long time ago. Because kin folk sounds better. And... We're like, oh, yeah, you know, last week our brother was taken and, you know, 
we we've it's okay because we've already got the rifle leaning up against the door in case we need it it's loaded and everything so and we always do two people on a shift right so it's me and my friend that came from next door because we don't have enough people to fill the shift <laughs> so like and this guy was like oh my god it's horrible up there he's like how do you guys have like and and we did the whole thing i'm sorry we did the whole thing we were living in an igloo they wanted to know how we got power, so we told them we had a, a gas generator. And they're like, well, w- what is your table made out of? And we're like, well, we have a, a wood table, but the floor is snow for the most part. You know? And, and it's like, we only have the table to keep the uh, computer off of the ground because sometimes you can get some water in there. And, and actually, the heat from the computer actually heats up the igloo pretty good, you know. So, like, oh, yeah, we went the whole way. We went right down the Canadian, like, stereotype of, of what we are. And he's like, you got, how do you have internet? It's like, it's a really long extension cord. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm not shitting on koala bears. I just love this story. I love this urban legend. I think koala bears are awesome, but they can be dicks. But yeah, I love them. And I shout out to Aussies for having such a fantastic sense of freaking humor. I love it. Okay, do you want another funny one? All right, so this guy, it's his birthday. And he wakes up in the morning. No one wishes him happy birthday, so he's kind of down. At lunchtime, you know, he goes out and he decides to get a bunch of tacos. And then he calls his wife and he's like, what are we doing tonight? She's like, oh, nothing. I'm not going to be... I'll cook dinner late, so, you know, whenever you get home. So he decides on his way home, he's going to stop and get, like, his favorite meal. All Mexican food. He's got bean burritos. He's got everything. And so he finally, he gets home, and his his wife greets him at the door. She says, ah, I have a surprise for you. He's like, okay, what? He goes, she's like, well, just come sit down in the dining room, but I'm going to blindfold you first. And he's thinking, ooh, we're going to have some sexy time. This is good. Not bad. So she blindfolds him. She sits him down in in the dining room. And he's sitting there and she says, just wait. Everything is so quiet. He's sitting there. He's thinking, oh, wait a minute. I I can kind of feel that that Mexican coming back on me. I don't want to do anything while we're having fun. So he sits there and all of a sudden he lets out a fart. And he's like, oh, that felt better. And then he, oh, now he farted again. And again. And he just keeps on tooting and tooting. And he can even smell. And it's it's rank. It's horrible. And he's like, oh, I better get this all out. So he's trying to force it out. And he's farting and farting. And it's stinking up the whole room. He's just thinking, I hope my wife doesn't come back for a little bit. Let some of this air out. And then all of a sudden, his wife strips off his blindfold. And there in front of him is all his family, all his coworkers, for a surprise party and all of them are gagging in the corner <laughs> i've got a few more scary ones that's really the only funny one i remember i'm sorry all right all right then you do that a good one if you really like urban legends and i i feel they stick to the ur- urban legends pretty good for the most part is uh creepy stories that used to be on ytv back in the oh, day oh yes and it was uh maurice the maggot and i can't remember what the cockroach's name was but they lived in a diner and they would always tell you these freaky stories and they're only like you know 
two and a half, three minutes long each, and then they go on to the next one, right? But a lot of those would be under your uh, urban myths and, and urban well, legends. And you see, it's fun to believe these because suspending your disbelief gives you more options. It's more interesting and more fun to do that. And that's why I think people still believe many of these. Is is it's it's more fun to believe them than to be like, oh no, that didn't happen. Here's why. Like that that ruins all the fun. Like these are these are fun. They're enjoyable. Like I love them. Yeah. Obviously. So. Yeah, I was just gonna say uh, another show that probably did it as well as Are You Afraid of the Dark? Mm-hmm. Those ones. A lot of them were like urban legends too, and. And I think Goosebumps, in a way, might have been Tales as from well. The crypt as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goosebumps was actually based off a series of novels, so those are more fictional horror. Those were those are uh, preteen horror. R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein. Yeah. Okay, where are we now? Well, I have one last one to cap this one off. It's a big warning. So I don't want to. Sc- <clears throat> wow. Hello. Um, I don't want to scare any of you out there, but always check the back seat of your car before getting inside. Even if you're only out of your car to put gas in the tank. Why? Because at night, when there's very little light to see, an unexpected and unwanted passenger may hide inside your car, waiting. Maybe at first, he just was looking for a place to hide, a convict maybe on the loose, needing an escape. But what if he's spotted by another person? <coughs> like a gas tenant or someone in the car behind you who flashes their lights to get you to pull over so they can warn you. It's been a long-standing urban legend that has warned women for decades to always check the backseat of their vehicles because one time, back in 1979, Sue got in her Volkswagen Beetle to leave university for Thanksgiving break. It was nine when she left for home. She stopped for gas, and while the gas attendant filled up her car, he noticed something strange in her back seat. He asked her to come inside to pay, but he was almost too adamant, and she panicked. She tossed her money outside of the window and sped off down the dark road. Relief filled her as she got further away from the creepy gas man. She turned on the radio, but a song for Led Zeppelin was interrupted by a news report of a serial axe murderer who escaped, and she turned the station to a different one. She was freaked out enough. She, so Sue checks her rearview mirror, only to briefly see a face that was her own just behind her. Later that night, highway patrol spots the bug slammed into a tree. The patrolman ran over to help, but it was far worse and way too late. The person inside had no head attached to their body. It was in the back seat, blood clotting. The patrolman lost his dinner. So always, always check your back seat. I do, and I always have. It could save your life. And and that was a fictional story. Like, I just, I took the story and put a person in it to make it so good. There you go. So, thank you everybody for joining us. I think we're good, right? Yeah, everybody's happy. I've been Mystery Matt. Have yourself a spooky October. <laughs>